the tenth book of the odysseys of homer this is a librivox recording all librivox recordings are in the public domain for more information or to volunteer please visit librivox.org recording by phil schempf the tenth book of the odysseys of homer translated by george chapman the argument ulysses now relates to us the grace he had with aeolus great guardian of the hollow winds which in a leather bag he binds and gives ulysses all but one which zephyr was who filled alone ulysses sails the bag once seen while he slept by ulysses men they thinking it did golden clothes to find it all the winds did loose who back flew to their guardian again forth sailed he and did next attain to where the Lestragonians dwell where he eleven ships lost and fell on the Aeaean coast whose shore he sends eurylochus to explore dividing with him half his men who go and turn no more again all save eurylochus to swine by circe turned their stays incline ulysses to their search who got of mercury an antidote which molly was gainst circe's charms and so avoids his soldiers harms a year with circe all remain and then their native forms regain on utter shores a time they dwell while ithacus descends to hell another argument kappa great aeolus and circe friends finds ithacus and hell descends to the aeolian island we attained that swum about still on the sea where reigned the god-loved aeolus hippodotes a wall of steel it had and in the seas a wave-beat smooth rock moved about the wall twelve children in his house imperial were born to him of which six daughters were and six were sons that youth's sweet flower did bear his daughters to his sons he gave as wives who spent in feastful comforts all their lives close seated by their sire and his grave spouse past number were the dishes that the house made ever savour and still full the hall as long as day shined in the night-time all slept with their chaste wives each his fair carved bed most richly furnished and this life they led we reached the city and fair roofs of these where a whole month's time all things that might please the king vouchsafed us of great troy inquired the grecian fleet and how the greeks retired to all which i gave answer as behooved the fit time come when i dismission moved he nothing would deny me but addressed my pass with such a bounty as might best teach me contentment for he did enfold within an oxhide flayed at nine years old all the airy blasts that were of stormy kinds saturnius made him steward of his winds and gave him power to raise and to assuage and these he gave me curb thus of their rage which in a glittering silver band i bound and hung up in my ship and closed so round that no aggression of any breath could find only he left abroad the west wind to speed our ships and us with blasts secure but our securities made all unsure nor could he consummate our course alone when all the rest had got aggression which thus succeeded nine whole days and nights we sailed in safety and the tenth the lights borne on our country earth we might descry so near we drew and yet even then i fell being o'erwatched into a fatal sleep 
for i would suffer no man else to keep the foot that ruled my vessel's course to lead the faster home my friends then envy fed upon the bag i hung up and supposed that gold and silver i had there enclosed as gift from aeolus and said o heaven what grace and grave price is by all men given to our commander whatsoever coast or town he comes to how much he engrossed of fair and precious prey and brought from troy we the same voyage went and yet enjoy in our return these empty hands for all this bag now aeolus was so liberal to make a guest gift to him let us try of what consists the fair-bound treasury and how much gold and silver it contains ill counsel present approbation gains they ope the bag and out the vapours break when instant tempest did our vessel take that bore us back to sea to mourn anew our absent country up amazed i flew and desperate things discoursed if i should cast myself to ruin in the seas or taste amongst the living more moan and sustain silent i did so and lay hid again beneath the hatches while an ill wind took my ships back to aeolia my men struck with woe enough we pumped and landed then took food for all this and of all my men i took a herald to me and away went to the court of aeolus where they were feasting still he wife and children set together close we would not at their meat thrust in but humbly on the threshold sat he then amazed my presence wondered at and called to me ulysses how thus back art thou arrived here what foul spirit break into thy bosom to retire thee thus we thought we had deduction curious given thee before to reach thy shore and home did it not like thee i even overcome with worthy sorrow answered my ill men have done me mischief and to them hath been my sleep the unhappy motive but do you dearest of friends deign succour to my vow your powers command it thus endeavoured i with soft speech to repair my misery the rest with ruth sat dumb but thus spake he avaunt and quickly quit my land of thee thou worst of all that breathe it fits not me to convoy and take in whom heavens expose away and with thee go the worst of woes that seekst my friendship and the gods thy foes thus he dismissed me sighing forth we sailed at heart afflicted and now wholly failed the minds my men sustained so spent they were with toiling at their oars and worse did bear their growing labours and they caused their grout by self-willed follies nor now ever thought to see their country more six nights and days we sailed the seventh we saw fair lamos rise her lofty towers the least tragonian state that bears her port so far disterminate where shepherd shepherd calls out he at home is called out by the other that doth come from charge abroad and then goes he to sleep the other issuing he whose turn doth keep the night observance hath his double hire since day and night in equal length expire about that region and the night's watch weighed at twice the day's ward since the charge that's laid upon the night's man besides breach of sleep exceeds the day's man for one oxen keep the other sheep but when the haven we found exceeding famous and environed round with one continuate rock which so much bent that both ends almost met so prominent they were and made the haven's mouth passing straight our whole fleet in we got in whose receipt our ships lay anchored close 
nor needed we fear harm on any stays tranquillity so purely sat there that waves great nor small did ever rise to any height at all and yet would i no entry make but stayed alone without the haven and thence surveyed from a lofty watch-tower raised there the country round about nor anywhere the work of man or beast appeared to me only a smoke from earth break i might see i then made choice of two and added more a herald for associate to explore what sort of men lived there they went and saw a beaten way through which carts used to draw wood from the high hills to the town and met a maid without the port about to get some near spring water she the daughter was of mighty lestrigonian antiphus and to the clear spring called artasia went to which the whole town for their water sent to her they came and asked who governed there and what the people whom he ordered were she answered not but led them through the port as making haste to show her father's court where entered they beheld to their affright a woman like a mountain-top in height who rushed abroad and from the council-place called home her horrid husband antiphus who deadly minded straight he snatched up one and fell to supper both the rest were gone and to the fleet came antiphus a cry drave through the city which heard instantly this way and that innumerable sorts not men but giants issued through the ports and mighty flints from rocks tore which they threw amongst our ships through which an ill noise flew of shivered ships and life-expiring men that were like fishes by the monsters slain and borne to sad feast while they slaughtered these that were engaged in all the advantages the closed mouth and most dead calm haven could give i that without lay made some means to live my sword drew cut my gables and to oars set all my men and from the plagues those shores let fly amongst us we made haste to fly my men close working as men loath to die my ship flew freely off but theirs that lay on heaps in harbours could enforce no way through these stern fates that had engaged them there forth our sad remnant sailed yet still retained the joys of men that our poor few remained then to the isle of Eia we attained where fair-haired dreadful eloquent circe reigned eita's sister both by dame and sire both daughters to heaven's man in lightning fire and persa whom oceanus begat the ship fit port here we soon landed at some god directing us two days two nights we lay here pining in the fatal spites of toil and sorrow but the next third day when fair aurora had informed quick way i made out of my ship my sword and lance took for my surer guide and made advanced up to a prospect i essay to see the works of men or hear mortality expire a voice when i had climbed a height rough and right hardly accessible i might behold from circe's house that in a grove set thick with trees stood a bright vapour move i then grew curious in my thought to try some fit inquiry when so sprightly fly i saw the yellow smoke but my discourse a first retiring to my ship gave force to give my men their dinner and to send before the adventure of myself some friend being near my ship of one so desolate some god had pity and would recreate my woes a little putting up to me a great and high-palmed heart that fatally just in my way itself to taste the flood was then descending the sun-heat had sure importuned him besides the temperature his natural heat gave 
howsoever i made up to him and let my javelin fly that struck him through the mid-part of his chine and made him bring to the dust confine his flying forces forth his spirit flew when i stepped in and from the death's wound drew my shrewdly bitten lance there let him lie till i of cut-up osiers did imply a width a fathom long with which his feet i made together in a sure league meet stooped under him and to my neck i heaved the mighty burden of which i received a good part on my lance for else i could by no means with one hand alone uphold joined with one shoulder such a deathful load and so to both my shoulders both hands stood needful assistance for it was a deer goodly well grown when coming something near where rode my ships i cast it down and reared my friends with kind words whom by name i cheered in note particular and said see friends we will not yet to pluto's house our ends shall not be hastened though we be declined in cause of comfort till the day designed by fate's fixed finger come as long as food or wine lasts in our ship let's spirit our blood and quit our care and hunger both in one this said they frolicked came and looked upon with admiration the huge-bodied beast and when their first served eyes had done their feast they washed and made a to-be-strived-for meal in point of honour on which all did dwell the whole day long and to our venison store we added wine till we could wish no more sunset and darkness up we slept till light put darkness down and then did i excite my friends to counsel uttering this now friends afford unpassionate ear though ill fate lends so good a cause to your passion no man knows the reason whence and how the darkness grows the reason how the morn is thus begun the reason how the man and lightning sun dives under earth the reason how again he rears his golden head those counsels then that pass our comprehension we must leave to him that knows their causes and receive direction from him in our acts as far as he shall please to make them regular and stoop them to our reason in our state what then behoves us can we estimate with all our counsels where we are or know without instruction past our own skills how put off from hence to steer our course the more i think we cannot we must then explore these parts for information in which way we thus far are last morn i might display from off a high raised cliff an island lie girt with the unmeasured sea and is so nigh that in the midst i saw the smoke arise through tufts of trees this rests then to advise who shall explore this this struck dead their hearts remembering the most execrable parts that lystragonian antiphas had played and that foul cyclops that their fellows brayed betwixt his jaws which moved them so they cried but idle tears had never once supplied i in two parts divided all and gave to either part his captain i must have the charge of one and one of godlike look eurylochus the other lots we shook put in a cask together which of us should lead the attempt and twas eurylochus he freely went and with two and twenty more all which took leave with tears and our eyes wore the same wet badge of weak humanity these in a dale did circe's house descry a bright stone built in a conspicuous way before her gates hill wolves and lions lay which with her virtuous drugs so tame she made that wolf nor lion would one man invade with any violence 
but all arose their long tails wagged and in fawns would close as loving dogs when masters bring them home relics of feast in an observance come and soothe their entries with their fawns and bounds all guests still bringing some scraps for their hounds so on these men the wolves and lions ramped their horrid paws set up their spirits were damp to see such monstrous kindness stayed at gate and heard within the goddess elevate a voice divine as at her web she wrought subtle and glorious and past earthly thought as all the housewiferies of deities are to hear a voice so ravishingly rare polities one exceeding dear to me a prince of men and of no mean degree in knowing virtue in all acts whose mind discreet cares always used to turn and wind was yet surprised with it and said o friends some one abides within here that commends the place to us and breathes a voice divine as she some web wrought or her spindles twine she cherished with her song the pavement rings with the imitation of the tune she sings some woman or goddess tis assay to see with knocking thus said he and they both knocked and called and straight her shining gates she opened issuing bade them into cates led and unwise they followed all but one which was eurylochus who stood alone without the gates suspicious of a slight they entered she made sit and her deceit she cloaked with thrones and goodly chairs of state set herby honey and the delicate wine brought from smyrna to them meal and cheese but harmful venoms she commixed with these that made their country vanish from their thought which eat she touched them with a rod that wrought their transformation far past human wants swine snouts swine bodies took they bristles grunts but still retained the souls they had before which made them mourn their bodies changed the more she shut them straight in styes and gave them meat oak mast and beech and cornel fruit they eat grovelling like swine on earth in foulest sort eurylochus straight hasted the report of this his fellow's most remorseful fate came to the ships but so excruciate was with his woe he could not speak a word his eyes stood full of tears which showed how stored his mind with moan remained we all admired asked what had chanced him earnestly desired he would resolve us at the last our eyes inflamed in him his fellow's memories and out his grief burst thus you willed we went through those thick woods you saw when a descent showed us a fair house in a lightsome ground where at some work we heard a heavenly sound breathed from a goddess or a woman's breast they knocked she oped her bright gates each her guest her fair invitement made nor would they stay fools that they were when once she led the way i entered not suspecting some deceit when altogether vanished nor the sight of any one though long i looked mine eye could any way discover instantly my sword and bow reached i bade show the place when down he fell did both my knees embrace and prayed with tears thus o thou kept of god do not thyself lose nor to that abode lead others rashly both thyself and all thou venturest thither i know well must fall in one sure ruin with these few then fly we may yet shun the other's destiny i answered him eurylochus stay thou and keep the ship then eat and drink i now will undertake the adventure there is cause in great necessity's unaltered laws this said i left both ship and seas 
and on along the sacred valleys all alone went in discovery till at last i came whereof the main medicine-making dame i saw the great house where encountered me the gold-rod sustaining mercury even entering circe's doors he met me in a young man's likeness of the first flowered chin whose form hath all the grace of one so young he first called to me then my hand he wrung and said thou no place finding for repose whither alone by these hill confines goes thy erring foot the art entering circe's house where by her medicines black and sorceress thy soldiers are all shut in well-armed styes and turned to swine art thou arrived with prize fit for their ransoms thou comest out no more if once thou enterest like thy men before made to remain here but i'll guard thee free and save thee in her spite receive of me this fair and good receipt with which once armed enter her roofs for the art to all prove charmed against the ill day i will tell thee all her baneful counsel with a festival she'll first receive thee but will spice thy bread with flowery poisons yet unaltered shall thy firm form be for this remedy stands most approved against all her sorcery which thus particularly shun when she shall with her long rod strike thee instantly draw from thy thigh thy sword and fly on her as to her slaughter she surprised with fear and love at first will bid thee to her bed nor say the goddess nay that welcomed thou mayest with all respect be and procure thy fellows freedoms but before make sure her favours to thee and the great oath take with which the blessed gods assurance make of all they promise that no prejudice by stripping thee of form and faculties she may so much as once attempt on thee this said he gave his antidote to me which from the earth he plucked and told me all the virtue of it with what deities call the name it bears and molly they impose for name to it the root is hard to loose from hold of earth by mortals but god's power can all things do tis black but bears a flower as white as milk and thus flew mercury up to immense olympus gliding by the sylvan island i made back my way to circe's house my mind of my assay much thought revolving at her gates i stayed and called she heard and her bright doors displayed invited led i followed in but traced with some distraction in a throne she placed my welcome person of a curious frame twas and so bright i sat as in a flame a footstool added in a golden bowl she then suborned a potion in her soul deformed things thinking for amidst the wine she mixed her man-transforming medicine which when she saw i had devoured she then no more observed me with her soothing vein but struck me with her rod and to her sty bade out and away and with thy fellows lie i drew my sword and charged her as i meant to take her life when out she cried and bent beneath my sword her knees embracing mine and full of tears said who of what high line art thou the issue whence what shores sustain thy native city i amazed remain that drinking these my venoms thou art not turned never drunk any this cup but be mourned in other likeness if once it had passed the ivory bounders of his tongue and taste all but thyself are brutishly declined thy breast holds firm yet and unchanged thy mind thou canst be therefore none else but the man of many virtues ithacensian deep-souled ulysses 
who i oft was told by that sly god that bears the rod of gold was to arrive here in retreat from troy she then thy sword and let my bed enjoy so much a man that when the bed we prove we may believe in one another's love i then o circe why entreatest thou me to mix in any human league with thee when thou my friends hast beast turned and thy bed tenders to me that i might likewise lead a beast life with thee softened naked stripped that in my blood thy banes may more be steeped i never will ascend thy bed before i may affirm that in heaven's sight you swore the great oath of the gods that all attempt to do me ill is from your thoughts exempt i said she swore when all the oath rites said i then ascended her adorned bed but thus prepared four handmaids served her there that daughters to her silver fountains were to her bright sea observing sacred floods and to her uncut consecrated woods one decked the throne tops with rich cloths of state and did with silks the foot-pace consecrate another silver tablets set before the pompous throne and golden dishes store served in with several feasts a third filled wine the fourth brought water and made fuel shine in ruddy fires beneath a womb of brass which heat i bathed and odorous water was dispurpled lightly on my head and neck that might my late heart hurting sorrows check with the refreshing sweetness and for that men sometimes may be something delicate bathed and adorned she led me to a throne of massy silver and of fashion exceeding curious a fair footstool set water opposed and every sort of meat set on the elaborate polished board she wished my taste employed but not a word would my ears taste of taste my mind had food that must digest i meat would do me good circe observing that i put no hand to any banquet having countermand from weightier cares the light cates would excuse bowing her near me these winged words did use why sits ulysses like one dumb his mind lessening with languors nor to food inclined nor wine whence comes it out of any fear of more illusion you must needs forbear that wrongful doubt since you have heard me swear o circe i replied what man is he odd with the rights of true humanity that dares taste food or wine before he sees his friends redeemed from their deformities if you be gentle and indeed inclined to let me taste the comforts of your wine dissolve the charms that their forced forms enchain and show me here my honoured friends like men this said she left her throne and took her rod went to her sty and let my men abroad like swine of nine years old they opposite stood observed their brutish form and looked for food when with another medicine every one all over smeared their bristles all were gone produced by malice of the other bane and every one afresh looked up a man both younger than they were of stature more and all their forms much goodlier than before all knew me clinging about me and a cry of pleasing mourning flew about so high the horrid roof resounded and the queen herself was moved to see our kind so keen who bade me now bring ship and men ashore our arms and goods in caves hid and restore myself to her with all my other men i granted went and oped the weeping vein in all my men whose violent joy to see my safe return was passing kindly free of friendly tears and miserably wept you have not seen young heifers highly kept filled full of daisies at the field and driven home to their hovels 
all so sprightly given that no room can contain them but about base by the dams and let their spirits out in ceaseless bleeding of more jocund plight than my kind friends even crying out with sight on my return so doubted circled me with all their welcomes and as cheerfully disposed their rapt minds as if they saw their natural country cliffy ithaca and even the roofs where they were bred and born and vowed as much with tears o oh, you return as much delights us as in you had come our country to us and our natural home but what unhappy fate hath reft our friends i gave unlooked-for answer that amends made for their mourning bade them first of all our ship ashore draw then in cavern stall our foodie cattle hide our mutual prize and then said i attend me that your eyes in circe's sacred house may see each friend eating and drinking banquets out of end they soon obeyed all but eurylochus who needs would stay them all and counselled thus o wretches whither will ye why are you fond of your mischiefs and such gladness show for circe's house that will transform ye all to swine or wolves or lions never shall our heads get out if once within we be but stay compelled by strong necessity so wrought the cyclop when tis caves our friends this bold one led on and brought all their ends by his one indiscretion i for this thought with my sword that desperate head of his hewn from his neck to gash upon the ground his mangled body though my blood was bound in near alliance to him but the rest with humble suit contained me and request that i would leave him with my ship alone and to the sacred palace lead them on i led them nor eurylochus would stay from their attendance on me our late fray struck to his heart so but meantime my men in circe's house were all in several bane studiously sweetened smugged with oil and decked with in and out weeds and a feast secret served in before them at which close we found they all were set cheered and carousing round when mutual sight had and all thought on then feast was forgotten and the moan again about the house flew driven with wings of joy but then spake circe now no more annoy i know myself what woes by sea and shore and men unjust have plagued enough before your injured virtues here then feast as long and be as cheerful till ye grow as strong as when ye first forsook your country earth ye now fare all like exiles not a mirth flashed in amongst ye but is quenched again with still renewed tears though the beaten vein of your distresses should methink be now benumb with sufferance we did well allow her kind persuasions and the whole year stayed in varied feast with her when now arrayed the world was with the spring and orby hours had gone the round again through herbs and flowers the months absolved in order till the days had run their full race in apollo's rays my friends remembered me of home and said if ever fate would sign my pass delayed it should be now no more i heard them well yet that day spent in feasts till darkness fell and sleep his virtues through our vapour shed when i ascended sacred circe's bed implored my pass and her performed vow which now my soul urged and my soldiers now afflicted me with tears to get them gone all these i told her and she answered these much skilled ulysses laertiades remain no more against your wills with me but take your free way only this must be performed before you steer your course for home you must the way to pluto overcome 
and stern persephone to form your past by the aged theban soul tiresias the dark-browed prophet whose soul yet can see clearly and firmly grave persephone even dead gave him a mind that he alone might sing truth solid wisdom and not one prove more than shade in his comparison this broke my heart i sunk into my bed mourned and would never more be comforted with light nor life but having now expressed my pains enough to her in my unrest that so i might prepare her ruth and get all i held fit for an affair so great i said o circe who shall steer my course to pluto's kingdom never ship had force to make that voyage the divine in voice said seek no guide raise you your mast and hoise your ship's white sails and then sit yon at peace the fresh north spirit shall waft ye through the seas but having passed the ocean you shall see a little shore that to persephone puts up a consecrated wood where grows tall firs and sallows that their fruit soon lose cast anchor in the gulfs and go alone to pluto's dark house where to acheron cocytus runs and periphlegethon cocytus born of styx and where a rock of both the met floods bears the roaring shock the dark hero great tiresias now coming near to gain propitious pass dig of a cubit every way a pit and pour to all that are deceased in it a solemn sacrifice for which first take honey and wine and their commixion make then sweet wine neat and thirdly water pour and lastly add to these the whitest flower then vow to all the weak necks of the dead offerings a number and when thou shalt tread the ithacensian shore to sacrifice a heifer never tamed and most to prize a pile of all thy most esteemed goods and flaming to the dear streams of their bloods and in secret rites to tiresias vow a ram coal-black at all parts that doth flow with fat and fleece and all thy flocks doth lead when the all-calling nation of the dead thou thus hast prayed to offer on the place a ram and you all black being turned in face to dreadful erebus thyself aside the flood-shore walking and then gratified with flocks of souls of men and dames deceased shall all thy pious rites be straight address see then the offering thy fellows slew flayed and imposed in fire and all thy crew pray to the state of either deity grave pluto and severe persephone then draw thy sword stand firm nor suffer one of all the faint shades of the dead and gone to approach the blood till thou hast heard their king the wise tiresias who thy offering will instantly do honour thy home ways and all the measure of them by the seas amply unfolding this the goddess told and then the morning inner throne of gold surveyed the vast world by whose orient light the nymph adorned me with attires as bright her own hands putting on both shirt and weed robes fine and curious and upon my head an ornament that glittered like a flame girt me in gold and forth betimes i came amongst my soldiers roused them all from sleep and bade them now no more observance keep of ease and feast but straight a shipboard fall for now the goddess had informed me all their noble spirits agreed nor yet so clear could i bring all off but alpinor there his heedless life left he was youngest man of all my company and one that won least fame for arms as little for his brain who too much steeped in wine and so made fain to get refreshing by the cool of sleep apart his fellows plunged in vapours deep and they as high in tumult of their way 
suddenly waked and quite out of the stay a sober mind had given him would descend a huge long ladder forward and an end fell from the very roof full pitching on the dearest joint his head was placed upon which quite dissolved let loose his soul to hell i to the rest and circe's means did tell of our return as crossing clean the hope i gave them first and said you think the scope of our endeavours now is straight for home no circe otherwise designed whose doom enjoined us first to greet the dreadful house of austere pluto and his glorious spouse to take the counsel of tiresias the reverend theban to direct our pass this brake their hearts and grief made tear their hair but grief was never good at great affair it would have way yet we went woeful on to ship and shore where was arrived as soon circe unseen a black ewe and a ram binding for sacrifice and as she came vanished again unwitnessed by our eyes which grieved us not nor checked our sacrifice for who would see god loath to let us see this way or that bent still his ways are free end of the tenth book